Hey everybody, Shane Presley here with Rock Paper Podcast. Let me tell you about my friends over at Naked Vine. Located at 1624 Clarkson Road in Chesterfield, Missouri. Serving up all your favorite wine, whiskey, and local craft beers. Hey, stop by and visit them this week, Thursday, December 6th. Anna Shanoff and Alex Mauer will be out there. Uh, on Friday, December 7th, Hillary Fitz Band. Saturday, December 8th, The Dust Covers. And on Tuesday, December 11th, I return to Naked Vine with my singer-songwriter storytelling showcase. This um, December, I'll be bringing along Jeremy Essig, Devin Cahill, Lingen Neubacher, and Irene Allen. Uh, and we'll be kicking the show off about 7. It's a $5 cover at the door, so come on out and hang out with us. You can find all things Naked Vine at nakedvine.net. Be sure to follow along with them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. Um, a podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, everybody. This is Matt and Andrew from Inner Outlines. And you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Hey, everybody. Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out, um, what was this? Quit Green? Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. Greenfield, <laughs> Illinois. With inner outlines. Welcome hey. back to the show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, yeah, man, with uh, two, nearly two and a half years, it's been like, it's kind of crazy to think about. Honestly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty wild. But uh, that was a whole lot of fun the last time we hung out, um, getting to uh, talk about some new music then, and we got some brand new music again today. Woo. And uh, so uh, I'm excited to. Hear uh, what you guys have been up to for the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, same here. As far as everybody, so I guess I guess before we get going too far, you guys want to introduce yourself so uh, for everybody listening. Sure. Uh, my name is Matt Hall. I am the singer. My name is Andrew Range, and I'm the guitar player. My name is Doug Range, and I play bass. And uh, the uh, the newest. Uh, Member of the band now, right? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I actually was in the band before they recorded Late Night Thoughts. So yeah. I, go, I go a little ways back. Right. Yeah, then the new bass player and tackling those bass lines like a linebacker. And there you go. We thought we'd make him wait two and a half years, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I waited that long since I lost my virginity. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Learn something every day. Then we uh, so we yeah we got a big record release party happening on December fifteenth at Pops in Sanjay, Illinois, yes, sir. Uh, and you're gonna get a little uh, sneak peek of what these guys have been up to on today's episode. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, perspective uh, record coming out on December fourteenth, and uh, you guys recorded again with uh, Kevin Gates. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's our awesome. guy. Yeah. he's our guy. I love that man. Yeah. And he knows it. And he knows the best food places it. in Springfield, Missouri, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. you need a recommendation, just go talk to Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd say, you know, if we're going on the record, like, uh, <laughs> going on the record, <laughs> like I'm about to say anything, but... 
cool. But no, like uh, I think one of my one of the things I've been thinking on it lately is that uh, we didn't come up with uh, you know what to call the record until after everything was done, and so we just kind of you know looked back and we're just like, what are these songs really about? What did we just go through the last two years and stuff? So uh, perspective just kind of popped out to us because like this entire record literally is just reflections of the past and things that we all had personally gone through and gone through as a group and uh that's just something i really wanted to touch on to not only be relatable for anybody out there going through the same things as us but in the same sense uh them getting a look into our lives and stuff our perspective if you will andy loves that and that's when we use the <laughs> names for wordplay. They're real words, man. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, they're real words. <laughs> Use them like that. How many fake words do you know? <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just whenever Adam Sandler is talking gibberish. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll Seven hour boo guy. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Tell you. Like those are real words, but they're just I can't understand them. What's that one audible artist like? Uh, all he does, like all his stuff, is just like making a bunch of sounds. But the he's guy like from uh, Police Academy. No, no, no! Uh, like he's, he's an actual. Fro. He makes music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's a big fro. I forget what his name is, but he's he's talented. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I, do. Well, I was thinking about the guy from Police Academy yeah. making the police siren noises and all oh, that stuff. That yeah. guy's doing. What's what's your perspective of the record, Andy? I mean, it's, it's essentially you well. Know, He's writing a new song. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> constantly working. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, that's what it is. Like, now that we're getting ready to release this record and, and being able to listen to it as a complete work, when I listen to it, the perspective that I have on it is, like, I remember everything that we were going through during the writing of those songs, you know? Like, uh, with Reincarnate, the, the, the whole situation, what was going on, you know? I mean, it even dug, ties into what was happening at that time while that song was being written and then what Matt was going through and like I mean that's my look on the whole thing is like I remember all those memories while we were writing that so whenever I listen to them now it's like it brings back some of those memories some of them are, are good and happy and some of them are are sad but there's still a happiness on the outside of that because we got through it we, we were able to continue to take steps forward you know, every person in this band and all the people around us. And I mean, it's what this record's about. It's about forward momentum, even while dealing with a bunch of, you know, heartache and, you know, I mean, we lost, we lost, mm -hmm. Cody lost two very close friends during the recording of this record. And one of those kids showed up during a show whenever me and Cody were playing in a metal band together. And then he ended up passing away, you know, got hit by a car. And it's like, you know, there's some there's some dark stuff that happened during this time and yeah too much. I mean, in reality, like us being in this band, I think is a major thing that got pulled us through a lot of that stuff. So I mean, I mean, that's my perspective on life in general. But this band for me has been what that was the motivation that pulled me away from some of the darkness that was going on. Right. And, and like just 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 to put it out there, you know, perspective 
is not a sad record more than it is a serious record. Like, uh, with perspective, you know, things are happening right in front of your, of your eyes, the real situations and stuff, and that's exactly what the songs are written about, real life, real situations, and how to confront those things, or even if you can't confront those things. So, uh, whatever you get out of it, you know, I, I'm still gonna go back and listen to this record and learn things about myself I do not have figured out yet. Right, and, and that's how most of our records have been. Yeah, and my from my perspective on the whole record, <laughs> God, I hate us. I mean, let's be honest here. I, I got, I got all this. Like, I was, I joined the band after the record was finished. Um, I've been learning this stuff and, and learning how to play it by listening to it. But thankfully, you know, my brother's in the band. He's been sending me this stuff, and I, I was going through some deep stuff. And, and I'm not just saying this because my brother's in the band or I'm the new bass player. Uh, this record. It's very powerful. Um, I was in a very dark period of my, in my life and my brother had sent me reincarnate and I just, as a fan, it, it, it resonated in my soul. So, it's so different than any other, other music that we created together or you know, any things that we had ever been a part of together or him on his own, you know? I've always been extra critical about our stuff and what he's done just because I expect the best out of us, no matter what, even though we are the best. But uh, <laughs> this record, for me, from a fan's point of view, is, is from top to bottom, touches on every emotion. It touches on some very sensitive subjects, but in a positive manner. Um, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna touch people's lives. It's a great thing. When I heard this, the whole record all the way through, I was like, they did it. Mm -hmm. They did it. And I'm so proud and so thankful to be a part of the band. It's it's perspective is an is an amazing record. Yeah, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. So. Yeah. Well, let's uh let's give them a little something. I guess, I guess uh, let's start with with Halo, which I guess is uh has been out there for a bit as a single, and um, so you, you may have heard it, but we're gonna we're gonna share it again here today. Yeah, with, uh, the one with that one Gary guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Old Gary rap. <laughs> this uh and this was uh. One of my particular favorites from you guys. Uh, I I, uh, I really enjoy it. I love uh, I love when uh, Matt screams at the end too. Uh, that line in particular connects with me. I know uh, I've heard you guys talk about it in the past, but like where you say I want to be a uh, you may want to be a better person. Yeah, and like I just I, that's that speaks so much. I mean, like that's exactly what we should all be striving for, always to be a better person, whatever it is. And, like, I, and I think deep down, I think every human being on this planet has that that thing in the back of their head that they want to be better than what they are. Right. You know, we constantly self-analyze ourselves. You know, even the cockiest person that seems like the biggest butthole to everybody, guaranteed when he's at home alone, or she is at home alone, they are analyzing every move and wanting to be better, I think, is, is natural in human nature. Yeah. Uh, you guys uh, have anything you want to add around Halo? Yes, I do, actually. Yeah. I, I, I have a confession to make about Halo. So, Halo was definitely my cop-out for, uh, you know, trying to make people feel that way. Like, uh, Halo was written about just loss and coping with that kind of stuff and also what you realize through it and stuff is just like, uh, you know, in particular, you know, it's about our basis that we lost Billy. And uh, since he was gone, I always 
thought to myself back then, I was just all like, you know, the best part of me is gone. So like, now I just want to be better. So, and not only that, with my own selfish desires in music, uh, I've always wanted my music and our music to be able to teach those life lessons and get people to really think about themselves and what they can do in the moment to, you know, earn their halo back and stuff. Like, I don't even know. Like, I've brainwashed you all and I'm sorry. Pretty powerful stuff, and I think it's something we can all 
you know, we've all kind of been there, you know, something like we've, we've all lost people close to us in some sort, you know, and like, you know, we've, we, I think we've, a lot of us have went through similar motions through those times and stuff, so. Right. Um, I and think, like, that song is literally my way of saying that those things deserve to be talked about, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. They should be talked about. Definitely. Well, uh, let's, um... Let's get into uh, the, the uh, current single right now is uh, Still Waiting, which uh, you guys leaked out there a little bit ago. And, um, we have uh, got a couple of things going with that. You guys are working on a music video to... Yeah, we actually are all done with it. Yeah. Yeah, we just literally, like while you were, while you were pulling up, we got it. All right. We have it, so uh, it should be coming out any day now. With uh, and you said it was all uh, recorded by Peck Films. Yeah, uh, Peck of Film, Peck Mr. Spencer yeah. Peck of Tri-State. Yeah, who was on that release party with us. Yeah, yeah, dude, he really captured the song. Like, uh, it was it was very sporadic. Like, we called him up. We're just like, hey, we got to do something for this record. We got to shoot a video or something. He's like, I'm your guy. Let's do this. So he comes up and rallies up with us. We don't come up with a script until about like an hour after the first night or something like that and uh no spencer really took the reins and like kind of made kind of made me feel like an unprofessional person (laughs) but like in that though just so just how far he's gotten with his work not only with his band but with his photography his videography like that dude's just got so much promise i want to be able to like work with him and be a part of his progress too because not even for our own gain i'm just excited to see where he goes and stuff and there will be probably even more things that we do with him in the future yeah yeah man he's a very talented and and a hard worker and but yeah, I mean, all those guys in Tri-State now. They, yeah, and cute too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all a bunch of hustlers though, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, anything um, we need to know around the, the recording or anything and uh, still waiting? Are we, uh, are we still waiting to find out? Hmm. Well. <laughs> I guess well, we get into this. essentially, yeah. like that that uh, that song was uh, something that Matt had uh, kind of come up with the basic skeleton and and the way like he wanted it to be presented, uh, which like we talked about on uh, in a previous interview a few weeks ago, like not a whole lot of people that have come around this band uh, in the past couple of years remember that Matt played guitar. Yeah. Uh, that he can play bass. Like, he is extremely talented when he gets, <laughs> when he gets an instrument in, in, in his hands. And, I'm, I mean... I, def- I don't know if... Uh, it wasn't the early one, but it was definitely one of them I remember you, you did play... Uh, bass at a show. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah that was time. one time. Yeah, that was the last. Those are the songs I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the last time we played with Many Colored Death. Yeah, uh, Skyburnt White was headlining. That was the Ink Spot Block Party uh, housewarming party for the right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a dope night. Yeah, <laughs> any any night that you can get Skyburnt White and uh, the Many Colored Death on the same stage oh, yeah. and we get to share it with them, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I was. Was there? Was there? I think I interrupted, but was there, 
Was there, any, was there anything else wrong before that? I mean, the rest I of it's all yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll talk about that so, part. So, Still Waiting is, it's a love song. Yeah. It totally is. So, uh, but going back and listening to it, I've listened to it a lot. You know, we've made a music video. I've heard it umpteen times and stuff. But uh, the more and more I listen to it, I realized that uh, I think what I was trying to do was kind of coerce people to get that love out of them and stuff. You know, it's called Still Waiting, and but like lately I'm just kind of like, what are you waiting for? You know? So, to me, I think this song really got me out of my comfort zone to actually tackle things that I hadn't said to people before and stuff. I mean, the girl... Er, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I've done it. I've done it. You gotta go. You gotta go. So the song... <laughs> The song's written about a girl I know and stuff, and uh, she knows it's about her, stuff like that. So uh, that w- the song in itself was me getting out of my comfort zone and finally saying something about it. So like, I encourage everybody else with this song as well to, if you're still waiting, stop waiting, you know, go for it. Hell yeah, man.
Oh yeah, I mean oh, she's gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta leave that part. Of that <laughs> she's gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, it's not not necessarily all about uh, you know going for the girl, but for but Anything. I think yeah in life. Anything at all, like, yeah. Uh, like uh, so many people like make excuses for everything, and it's like. Like, you know, me, I, I run around, I do all these, go to these concerts and everything. People are always like, oh, I wish I could do that. I'm like, you can do it. I'm like, you can do Same whatever thing, yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. Just like make, make uh, a priority in your life or whatever it is. Like, you know, I get we all have jobs and whatever, kids and different things that we have obligations. But like, you can still make time for, make all of it work and stuff. And, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime I see anybody on my Facebook or out in public, they're just like, oh, I'm thinking about starting a band. I'm just like, go for it. Right. Do it. Let me know if you need help. Like, yeah. hey. <laughs> I get, uh, I'll get messages. Hey, how do I do a podcast? I'm like, let me talk. You do it, man. Grab a mic, grab a buddy and, and start recording. Mm-hmm. That's the same way so, you did it. You, yeah. know, you set it up, you got a microphone, you went and started right. doing it. And just then you it. like. You know, obviously, at this point, I don't know how many episodes that you're into now. A couple. <laughs> a couple. A couple. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you've amassed a number of, of podcasts that you've done, yeah. which is incredible uh, to, to me to see, you know, how much you hustle, which we've talked about on previous podcasts. You know, I'm mesmerized by how much time you're able to dedicate to this on top of, what do you work, three four jobs sometimes you know? yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's a testament to that in itself like you're not waiting so you're, the, you're trying to live your passion and and managing to fit it in to uh some sense of normalcy in your life you know you're, you're married you've got a wife that, that you spend time with as well so you've got all this stuff that you're juggling yeah. and you know i mean that really ties into people like uh like i told you i listened to uh joe rogan's podcast he was talking to Elon Musk. That dude does the same thing. He's all over the place, just trying to develop these ideas. People flamethrowers, right? <laughs> and that's not a flamethrower. No, I'm not about it. It's not. He sold twenty thousand of them. Because they only. Like, I think the rule is they have to shoot under ten feet, and yeah. these shoot at nine feet. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's really just about you know finding that energy and putting it in there and not waiting to do it not like you know i i'm probably the worst offender of, of still waiting i always have a notebook and i'm writing down i've got ideas i got ideas but they never are fully put into action and uh although i still believe that that process somehow manages to work itself out uh because a lot of the ideas end up being used later <laughs> you know and i never even realized it but it, it comes down to like making sure that when you've got an idea you focus on that idea get it done and then work on the next one yeah you know don't don't get yourself uh what is this 120 sheet notebook full of ideas and then whenever you look at that go well which one am i starting on that's a daunting task Mm -hmm. you know start on the page that you just finished writing Mm -hmm. and then go to the next one like that's how you can manage those those sort of things, uh, you know, in, in a professional uh, life, you know, with a girl. I, I hope you don't have a 120-sheet notebook for the girls that you want to talk about. <laughs> but, you know, in essence, yeah, it's all, I mean, take take the risk. Take, you, know, uh, you know, Foo Fighters have a song called Learn to Fly. And I mean, that's, that to me... I'm that the other yeah, day, actually. That, that to me is, I mean, that's... Well, you do. I mean, you jump and you yeah. and you learn how to fly. Yeah, man. It's the only way you can do it. You can't learn how to fly with your feet flat on the ground. 
Yep. Well, uh, like I said, uh, you can come pick up your copy of Perspective on December 15th over at Pops. Like I said, we got a big party happening. We got Tri State, The Many Colored Death, uh, Good Times and Company, and The Skagbirds, and Apollo's Daughter. Yes. Amen. So uh, that's a, a heck of a lineup for sure. And I'm uh, stoked about it. Yeah. It's, it's probably, uh, it'll be, I mean, I saw Beartooth earlier, you know, last month. This, this release show, Bill, uh, if you take us out of it and having to be uh, professional and throw a show and you go show, you give me that bill without us on it I'd pay to go see that because yeah. I mean I love every single one of those bands ouch I, I, I mean <laughs> don't get me wrong I love the fact that we're playing it that's why we did it this yeah, way yeah. but it's no, like I if we you. weren't on it I would pay to go see that show <laughs> but now that they're on it though Definitely I'm definitely showing up. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, not paying for it. We'll have a bunch of physical copies of the show, and we'll have uh, more merch and all that. We'll be running deals, so like, any time to get any kind of inner outlines bundle is at the show. Yep. Uh, but I I do know that uh, the record will actually be out like completely on Spotify and stuff the 14th the day before so it gives you a little time to hear it before the show at 12.01 a.m. on the 14th (laughs) I'm I'm staying up because I'll probably send you know a couple hundred messages out to people that I want to hear the record (laughs) Uh, and I mean I'm I'm trying to get better at uh, you know what they call marketing but I mean I really just want is that what they call it? I I guess it's the technical term as far as I'm concerned I just want the, the people that 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 I've known for my entire life to sit down and listen to a record from top to bottom like my dad used to whenever he was a kid you know he pick up uh, Molly Crew shout at the devil and flip both sides and and not do anything else except right. for listen to that record you know what happened to sitting down with a pair of headphones on your couch and just you know looking at uh, an album art and just jamming yeah man yeah I miss I miss those days you know and and the way the industry is now it's so single driven. Uh, I think that's something like we I don't, I don't think that the band as a whole was just like you know we're releasing a record so they sit down and they listen to 10 songs but I mean in our punk rock-esque feel it's, yeah, it's yeah. A, ours was more like a well we have all these songs what else are we going to do with them put them all out at the same time yeah. makes the most sense yeah and it's a complete work and it gives us you know things to work on for the next you know year year and a half and like just recently it's just like I, I've seen that even a route like that is worth it in a single driven business you know right like, yeah, uh, just did it right and like even before we've played a couple shows in like some places we've never been to like uh, we, we've started going to Macomb Illinois a couple times like great group of guys down there just trying to set up their own little DIY scene and I'm about it like we went and played in an apartment building and it was cool Smash Brothers in the back I remember (laughs) I remember one thing one thing in particular Uh, there was this guy who came up to us at the end of our set and was just like oh I'm so upset you guys didn't play our generation and I was like that's your favorite <laughs> like you know but that that in turn showed me it's just like anybody could relate to any of these songs so like if 
if they're all going to be out there, then so be it. Pick your favorite, relate to it. We'll try and put it in a set as much as we can. And if we don't play it, come tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we're probably going to play our gen here soon. At, at the end of the day, like, I, I, that night when that kid told us that, they made me smile. Because I was just like... Oh, yeah, I made Andy smile. That's his favorite. It's, it's not my favorite. <laughs> not anymore? No, oh. not a new record. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, when, when he said that, it made me smile because it's like, and the, and the fact that we didn't play that song ignited something in him to come express that little bit of, why, did, why the hell didn't you guys play that what song? shit, guys? <laughs> and, and I, and I want to hear that. I want. I want to hear that from people. I want that. Like, it's not like we're gonna go. This is the most popular song. We're not playing it tonight, so that everybody's pissed. But if it's one of those, like our generation didn't get a music video, didn't get a lyric video, didn't get anything, and this kid wanted to hear that song because it was part of a Spotify playlist that he had. Sure. Well, that to me is dedication, and I want to make that person ha have happy. Making an ASMR video here. <laughs> oh, dope. Can we yeah. get the chips out next? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, that whenever, it, if, you know, from the first record, I know that there's been people that have been, man, why don't you guys play Patience anymore? Mm -hmm. Why don't you guys play We Could Love? Why don't you guys do this song? I know that uh, Joe Mayhouse. something better. <laughs> I, know, I know that Joe Mayhouse, you know, uh, we put up a post uh, a while back that said, you know, what's your favorite Inner Outline song? And he still puts Six Feet off the first record and like that's the heaviest like most like you know metal song we ever did and and he loves that song All right. and you know i would love to play it for him <laughs> like, yeah. I, really yeah. would. I think i think i can say in confidence with the new record that uh we we fulfilled a lot of promises that we made to people with this record like uh some people were very interested to see what kind of heavy route we would choose and like for people like my mama, we made like a soft song here and there and stuff like that. But my favorite thing about the entire record, don't, don't even care about what it could be. No, my favorite thing is that one of the songs has a saxophone in it. Really? And, <laughs> and some uh, bells. It's got some Yeah, it's got bells, bells too. Like, and uh, that's actually Cheyenne's favorite. <laughs> Oh, she, she was like, I love it because of the extra instrumentation in it. She's like, I like the fact that you guys took a rock band and used some instruments that weren't uh, conventional to what we normally would do. Because she's used to hearing bass, guitar, drums, and <laughs> vocals. And right. she, you know, she heard that. She's just like, it's awesome. Well, she's involved in the, the band and the choir here at the school in Greenfield. And you know, she uh, is in the drum portion of it. She's learning how to... Uh, you know, play snare and paradiddle. You know, she's learning that that kind of stuff, and she's working with other people that are learning uh, to play the bells and learning to play saxophone, learning to play clarinet, and those sort of things. So that's interesting to her, uh, and I think that that's what is uh, that song without those instrumentation, still incredibly moving. I I mean, I love that song, and I'm the metal guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, but. I think that that's something for this for this younger generation of people that are starting to get involved in in music and those sort of things at, the, at their schools. Uh, that's going to be something that they're like, oh well, I could play that part. You know, I could play the bells. I could play the saxophone part in a rock band. How dope would that be? I should have learned how to play piano. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to pick guitar <laughs> and saxophone of all things. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so is that you on the sax in the song then? Uh, oh, it's me and Dylan. Yeah. Say so we we've got a couple layered saxophones just for a big old ending right. for it. Like yeah. you'll know exactly which song it is once you hear it. The one with saxophone. The one with saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> no one will remember the uh, the title of WX. Let's play that saxophone song off that. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which no, dope. Yeah. <laughs> play it, please. I uh I was thinking of a story when you were um. Uh, talking about that, our generation and the, you know your favorite song and right. all that stuff like that. Uh, my buddy Pat uh, Patrick Sweeney he has uh, oh, okay uh, is one of my favorite guy uh, watching, but he uh, had a song called "Them Shoes" and like got picked up on Black Keys Radio on Pandora and stuff, and then all of a sudden like because he had, he'd like been playing it out and did did what he could do with it, he thought, and he was like about to phase it off the set list because he was moving on to a new record and all that and then uh, all of a sudden it started getting lumped in with black keys and you know black keys took off and and all that so now he has to like close every one of his shows with that song because people are coming out just to hear that song and like it's it's an interesting thing how one particular song can start affecting a group of people and like that's what they want to hear and then all you know so who knows maybe maybe one day our generation or someone will come no exactly like it, <laughs> it won't be it, it won't be the one like, time so it was a really cool feeling so i mean hey like good on you pat <laughs> i hope you're enjoying it all right yeah keep but, playing keep playing and, keep playing that song then <laughs> and, and, and i mean that really comes back to i mean no matter what you do with each individual song the people decide sure you know if, if they hear it enough times yeah then that becomes their favorite, you know, no matter what avenue it comes from, whether it's, uh, you know, the Black Keys Radio or yeah. on Spotify or, you know, through YouTube with music videos, whatever it is, like, the people still ultimately decide. You know, I know a lot of people really enjoy Feel Nothing, and, um, I mean, I took, like, 12 hours to make that really crappy lyric video, <laughs> and it's the second popular song on Spotify and on our YouTube, and... I mean, we didn't spend near the money that we spent on uh, the It's Not Safe Here video. And it's, I mean, it's climbing and catching mm-hmm. It's Not Safe Here as far as numbers go. It's yeah. like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do for it. You just got to give people a minute to be sure. sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you, and you lump, and sad stuff really you lump in Kevin doing a, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. evangelist thing at the beginning of it. And it makes it funny, kind of lighthearted. And then you hear this song that, I mean... It's still a fun, upbeat, you know, happy-sounding song, but it's got some sadness inside of it, but still about, you know, trying to find that happiness. And then at the end, you go, well, that preacher thing was pretty good, like kind of negating the song in the center. And I think that that, for me, like that's what made the song like, oh, man, like I'm going to do something, get something funny, do this happy-sounding sad song, and then at the end, you know, just kind of be like, oh, yeah, well, what about the very beginning where it kind of was me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet you that's the only reason anyone watches it now. No, nope. you're just like, let's watch that. Okay, that's done. <laughs> no, I know that uh, uh, ATG expressed to me that that's his favorite song. He, he, oh yeah, he, he loves feel nothing. Whenever we we played ATG uh, like them happy sound and sad songs. That's what he said. I remember uh, we were doing the Road to Point Fest, uh, probably about a couple years ago or whatever, uh, and. Uh, ATG and the guys from Discrepancy showed up and we're playing that song and, and ATG's, you know, five or six people away from the stage and he's singing every word and it made like it made me so happy. I was just like, dude, like that guy, like that guy that guy's somebody that I look up to. 
uh, as a man, like the way he handles business with his family uh, and his band and what he's trying to do, like seeing him singing the song that we wrote. Yeah, I, I, spent, oh. I spent New Year's with him last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, th- those are those are moving moments, especially whenever you know you, mm-hmm. look, you look at people and you admire what they're doing, and and they're out there singing something that that you helped create or you oh, love, yeah. and it's it's nice, and I think that's a true testament to to the scene in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just everybody's just loving little, loving everybody. You know, little whatever. spoiler, but we might have a little bit of an. IOATG mix next year. Say a little something, something. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. hold on to that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your pocket. <laughs> and by the way, ATG. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you uh, you can head over to innerouplines.com right now and and pre-order your copy of Perspective, and uh, it'll be uh, in your. Uh, downloads on the on the 14th if you get it to pre-order digitally and then uh and then you can get the physical copies like i said you can get uh you can pre-order the physical and then you get the a free ticket to the show correct yep yep. yeah yep and i mean anybody that you know outside of the area that wants to pre-order the record uh i mean they're still entitled to a free ticket i know that uh, our buddy rhett hall from uh, down in Florida, pre-order. I didn't know he was from Florida, yeah. and I'm uh, jealous. Right. <laughs> like, uh, it's close to the beach. Yeah, Merry Christmas, uh, you warm. <laughs> I actually uh, said that quote last uh, yeah. The uh, half-baked, you know, he's like, right now at the beach, mom. <laughs> down by the beach. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, he pre-ordered the record, and he's like, I know it comes with a free ticket, but just give my ticket to somebody that wants to go that can't afford it. And Done. Just, yeah, just as insight for everybody. So, like, yeah, thank you to everybody who's pre-ordered so far. It means the world. A uh, big part of pre-orders is that the pre-orders will also count for our first week sales. And that's very important to bands and stuff like that. It really shows our numbers and what we can do as a business and as musicians for the next coming year. So, yeah, our little thank you is that free ticket just because... A pre-order means so much to us. Even just like coming to the show means so much to us. It just gets us that much closer to where wherever we're going. Right, and I mean essentially like the first week sales help you chart, uh, which I mean in, in all reality I didn't start playing in a band to, to chart or be popular no. or anything like that. It, it's about the music, but in, in reality this is something that every one of the guys in this band wants to do for the long haul. Like it is what we would love to do. It's all we're good at. For you. Yeah. Like, we're terrible at everything. Everything else. <laughs> and we're barely good enough at this. <laughs> uh, but as an independent band, no record label telling us what to do or anything like that. We're still looking at, okay, well, how would uh, a management team uh, try and shape the future for a band to get them to the point where they're able to do it 100% of the time still have to tackle it the same way well I'm concerned about our future and our future as a band is what I want it to be unknown you know? I mean it's, it's, it's definitely I mean we're not breaking up we're not doing any of that Right, we'll be banned but for a while. it's like it's like walking through uh, a wooded area at the darkest time of the night with just a candle to light your way. You're just trying to f- navigate yourself through, uh, you know, 
25 years, 30 years, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would love to do this until the day that I die, you know. Kiss is coming through doing their 23rd uh, farewell tour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whenever I saw them when I was 11, they were on a farewell tour. And now they're doing the end of the road tour. And it's like, they've been doing it so long. Like this, that has become their life. Uh, Foo Fighters has been doing this for so long, you know. All these big bands, and that's really what it's about, is creating that longevity. Uh, Because, you know, right now, the, the... the underground, in quotes, uh, music is so saturated. There's so many bands that are creating great music right now. Well, how do, how do you survive? Well, you just continue to try and take steps to move forward. And all those bands that are constantly moving forward are going to be the ones that are still around yeah. you know, 20 years from now, 25 years from now. And hopefully at that point, people are still buying concert tickets and coming out to shows and able to play at the amphitheaters and the different stadiums and things like that. Like it's attainable. You just have to continue to push and figure out ways to make it possible. And the only way to do it is to create some sort of business plan and make it sustainable. So, I mean, at the end of the day, all I want to do is play my guitar, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, Matt wants to play a guitar and write music and sing and, Cody wants to bang the shit out of his drums. Yeah, and- well, when it comes to our future, it's very unknown. Like, we didn't know we'd be here a year ago. We didn't know we'd be where we are now four years ago. So, like, I've kind of just dropped my expectations. Like, I'm, I'm doing it, yeah, for the fun of it. But in the same sense, the only reason I would say I would want this band to make it to go wherever it goes is to literally just like show my friends and other musicians, people back home, all over the country, all over the world, that it's possible. And I want to set the example. I want to. I want to set the bar to say like, this is all you got to do, and then you could make a living off of it. Yeah. And and the biggest part of that is showing up and putting the time in. But it's not even for me like I. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a living or not like this is my life you know like when you say living I mean of it as like that's your job that's your work the the band has never felt like a job to me it's always felt like I am choosing to do it I've always taken time out of my day to write something or fiddle around on my guitar practice your instrument you know and with that being my voice and stuff like I'm always with my voice, so I'm practicing constantly in the car, in the shower, everybody, everywhere you could think of. So I know that there are people out there with way more drive than that. And I know plenty of fantastic musicians that have never played a show. So for me, I want to get to the point to where we can help those underdogs, we can help those people wanting to break into that, to that life of music in a streamlined process different from what we've gone through like where we come from you know there's nowhere to play there's no venues there's nothing like that so we had to migrate to st louis we did it because we wanted it we wanted to do it so bad and now that we're doing it now i just want to bring it back i want to bring it back to my hometown my community and show that rock music is like 
one big community like we've seen in the city and everywhere else that we've gone where people are playing music it's just literally the life to be in to be happy i yeah. say that's this is the epitome point of happiness for me just music yeah, and there's a there's a a, a, f- a friend of mine uh, that I guess went to school with Matt and Dylan uh, who I've become friends with recently, and you know we have conversations every week. And he, you know, who did pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, Sorry, pizza. <laughs> okay, uh, shot. Oh, she's asleep. I'll finish that up. Now you Yeah, she'll be on that. But yeah, super excited. We got a record coming out. Yeah. It's been we've been writing this record for two years. It's it's been so long. But I like the difference between the EP and this record is obviously more songs. But I think that we also got to take our time with this record. We you know we took the two years and uh, every time we would go record a song we would go record maybe one a month or something just be like this is the song we're focusing on right now let's make it the best it can be let's get all our ideas out and make sure everyone got you know has a little something to contribute and stuff like that like uh i know that a big part of it is lyrics and i usually kind of handle that on my own so when it comes to writing the music and stuff i i like to give everyone else the chance that they give me like I think I've said it before in a podcast, like these guys trust me so much to write lyrics that are relatable and also catchy and stuff like that. So with my pop sensibility and their riffage, if you will, like it just, it's this perfect mesh. We're able to get work done so easy just because we get along in that sense. Like, uh, Like he was saying, Reincarnate is a song that I was not prepared for at all and but the guys behind the scenes unbeknownst to me were writing were making something to make their mark on this record so that just makes me want to do my part even better and taking two years to do a record like that really gives you the confidence like we're really proud of what we've made and we're really excited to finally show everybody yeah well, let's, uh, you guys want to play Reincarnate? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah. Let's, uh, so this is a uh, Rock Paper Podcast exclusive. Yes. Until you get the uh, record on the 14th. And uh, you guys were saying that this call, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but like this kind of came out like in a hurry huh like uh not so much in a hurry just like more like a surprise right. <laughs> it was just kind of like well we don't have anything really it's just like and then it just all it all came out it's just like guys yeah. uh, what were we doing uh, well I mean, really that uh like i said before that riff you know was the first guitar riff that i wrote with uh the, the white prestige les paul that jack uh weiss from st louis he plays in brook royal in the poor uh i mean been involved in the music scene forever. He uh, lent it to me because I needed a backup guitar, and he was the guy that was like, "You need a backup guitar," and then it became, you know, the number one slot guitar because it's it's great. Uh, but you know, I sat around in, in the apartment and started dinkling around with some stuff, and you know, that riff came out. I was listening to a lot of Seven Dust at that time. Uh, I've always loved that band, and then I showed it to Cody, 
and you know Cody was just like all right that's metal enough and, and just kind of starts playing and we kind of workshopped it quite a bit and at that time Matt was living in St. Louis uh, so I mean there was some practices that he wasn't able to make and things so we kind of messed around with some new stuff and tried to just you know fine-tune a song and uh you know, at the end of it, Matt comes back. It's like, what are we, what are we gonna record? We didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What are we recording? And then uh, me and Cody just hit that first uh, pick, pick chug and uh, played through it. And Matt's like, dope. So we headed to the Springfield and. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, I remember the process. I say before we play it, I I can just e- easily say this one. So, this song is. Uh, Definitely around the times where I was just going through changes in my own life and uh, just making decisions based on what I needed to do. And uh, I just didn't really feel like myself. Like, while we were down at the recording studio with Kevin and stuff, I was also dealing with these, like, personal things and just trying to mix the two. And what I think came of it was, like, I was finding answers on my own and, like, just trying to find at least a direction to go in. I didn't need a legit, like, this is going to solve all my problems. I just need, like, a, where am I going to go from here? So reincarnate uh, was a word that stuck out to me. And uh, I just kind of went with it. I was like, yeah, just to kind of remake yourself, but in the same fashion, you know? Like, when a phoenix reincarnates, it doesn't look any different. It might look, you know, younger and stuff. Like, you've seen the Harry Potter guy, like Fox <laughs> the Phoenix. I love that dude. <clears throat> but, like, you know, they, they're they the same thing the entire time, just better, you know? So I was just like, in that sense, reincarnate is something that I need to do. I need to reincarnate myself. So a lot of the lyrics pertain to uh, just the end of a chapter and a new beginning all in the same regard that it's still the same life. Right. So, reincarnate. And I love this song. I love this song so much, I'm very proud of it.
missing But even so my mind and souls were taken over by my body Demanding its recovery kind of mashed into one i mean you have the uh kind of the the your your uh screaming uh, a little bit you know the your heavier uh, right. side of what you do uh vocally and then it had like kind of the the chorus sing-along uh audience participation part there yeah you know it yeah so <laughs> we're always thinking about the live show yeah. too but i mean it was you know it just felt like you guys definitely put uh, a lot into the and a little bit of everything into one song and I, I, it was fun to hear Kind of all come together, and I, I'm excited to see it live, and mm-hmm. and what. Uh, so it's gonna be a fun, fun uh, for the show for sure. Yes. Oh gosh, I can't wait to play this for the show. But I mean, if anybody, if anybody in this entire process deserves any kind of praise, it's Kevin for making that sound like a friggin' freight train when it comes in, like. He, like, we wanted to get loud, and he let us. And that's all we ask from our producer. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, please let us be obnoxiously loud. Yeah. But he was into it. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's, it was awesome. that's probably my favorite thing about Kevin is uh, even whenever we've been going through the process, love you, uh, when, even whenever we've been going uh, through the process, you know, he's still a, a mentor and a teacher in, in a lot of ways, trying to help us learn, uh, you know, the bit, the, 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 the tiny, the little small stuff uh, throughout it, whether it's uh, guitar licks and, and where <laughs> uh, leads need to be placed to be sonically uh, right. Uh, you know, making sure that, you know, because on the first record, I mean, I wrote uh, a lot of those leads and, you know, they ended up being what they are, but you know, they could have been a hundred times exactly. better. Woulda, yeah. shoulda, coulda. <laughs> right. uh, but you don't throughout so that, much in a chicken coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throughout that, throughout you know him trying to mentor us and, and and show us some of the things that he knows uh, that he's learned. I mean, he's well, he's got a couple of gold records. I mean, the guy. I mean, he has a plaque on the wall that says uh, "Trust Kevin" is rule number one. Rule number two is suck less. <laughs> like, and that's all the rules. <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, if you get to the second part and you have any questions, go back to yeah, the first one. <laughs> like, see, see rule one. Right. But he is also very encouraging. He, he likes to explore some things. And uh, even, even since we've been going down there, uh, I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the bands that he was working with, a lot of pop rock style bands, a lot of uh, singer-songwriter stuff, and then now, like, I mean, I know that he's been working on it forever, but 
now like we go down there and he shows us the metal guys that he's working with and I know that he, he worked with Troy mm-hmm. uh, on, on a lot of their stuff uh, recently and it's, it's just like it, it, he, I love watching him and he's still got this uh, uh, mentality of wanting to explore and tackle some things that are still outside of some of his comfort zones and uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he's just encouraging uh, to people to go hey Try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See if it works. If it sounds like crap, he's going to tell you about it. And at the end of the day, <laughs> if you've got that that wall built up where you're like, you don't accept uh, uh, criticism very well, he'll break it down. Yeah. He'll break it down because at the end of the day, I mean, that, that's to me what feel nothing's about. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin, I mean, Kevin broke us all down in some fashion in, in studio sessions, uh, eliminating ego, eliminating, you know, the the thought that you know if you don't sound like this band you're not good enough and it's like it's just like hey we'll break it back down and then we'll build it back up and and the amount of encouragement that he's provided for me alone as just a guitar player man reach out I'm forever and uh, forever in, in, in debt to him as a as a producer uh, but I'll tell you right now like. Kevin, uh, to me, is one of the best friends that you could possibly have. We don't talk mm-hmm. every day. We don't talk consistently over the course of a year. But when we talk, we have great conversations. We go out to eat. We spend time together. And uh, you, you learn about each other. And then you know you write some music together that everybody's proud of and can really get jacked about when it starts to get time to be released. Speaking of music we're proud of, you want to let the people here reincarnate and then we'll answer Facebook questions? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Again? Yeah. <laughs> Let's play it twice. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we did uh, post your uh, little picture up on Facebook and uh, let the fans uh, write in some questions uh, for today. And uh, we got a few responses. Uh, so, uh, we'll... How do you, how you want to do this? <laughs> here, here. I'll let uh, you ask. All right. Yeah, it's your show. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jeremy writes in, favorite part of making music? The favorite part. What's your favorite part, Andy? All of it. All of it. Every, every step of it. The, 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 I'll tell you my favorite part is probably the argument. <laughs> that happens during every fucking song. There's always this... Uh, Everybody's everybody's working to the same common goal, but there's always that that little bit of uh, just human beings interacting with each other. You know, one person's idea of what should come next versus another person's idea of what's coming next, and and that that back and forth riffing. You know, going, I think it should be this part. Well, I think it should be this part, and, and then well, screw you, man. <laughs> right? and, and I mean, legitimately, like if we do not. I think we've said it in interviews before. If we do not have some sort of, of tantrum, tantrum argument, argument, something <laughs> involved in each song's process, that song will be forgotten by us and we won't record it. And, and I mean, there's been refs that have been forgotten. For yeah, sure. yeah, a couple. <laughs> like, there's been stuff that's kind of been just like, well, yeah, no, maybe that's not good enough because there wasn't that that drive to make them as good as they possibly could. And you know what I mean? I think my favorite part would be uh, 
just before the finished product. Uh, like we gotta get, you know, you, you gotta start it all like this. You gotta go drums, and then we usually do a scratch guitar with that. And then after that, we'll plug in bass, and then we'll do rhythm guitar, and then uh, we'll get to my lyrics. And uh, when I get into the vocal booth, and I can hear an idea that I've had inside my head, like for months, just finally be audible. Like I can hear what I've been hearing for so, like, it's just a magical moment right there. It's like, it becomes my chance to not only, you know, plug in my vocals and do my, it's not a job. <laughs> it's not a job Keep to do my part <laughs> to do my part but uh, just while I'm doing it I am in a state of bliss that I'm just like uh, everything that I've been struggling for is happening right now and like yeah being in a vocal booth is my favorite part just because that's where it all comes together for me it's like I get to add in my stuff and then right after that is lead guitar and then the song's done and then usually we get to, to, you know, take the rough track home and then we get to listen to it all the way back home on our six hour drive. and On repeat. Yeah, so like that's a, a tradition we have is that if anytime, if Kevin lets us have it, <laughs> if Kevin lets us have the rough track, then we don't listen to anything else on the way home. <laughs> For six hours straight, we will listen to our own song <laughs> until we're sick of it. And then normally, like whenever we get back... I'll go to sleep, and the next day I'll wake up, I'll listen to it a few more times. If I wake up and I want to listen to it, then I think that, I mean, in my own personal life, like, that's how so, I, I, I believe that it's a good song. Because yeah, I want be to listen an, to it again. Okay, if I can have two answers, then that's another favorite part. <laughs> the drive home, listening to it for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> we do it every time, and generally we're super fucking pumped about it. <laughs> another question? Uh, what band would you most want to tour with? Written from James Murray. Murray. James Murray. I would like to tour with some 41. That would be awesome. So awesome. Or the Killers. The Killers would be really cool. I know Andy's answer. I mean, I think everybody knows my ultimate answer, but at the end of the day, I mean... It's Foo Fighters. <laughs> but at the end of the day, who do I not want to tour with? Right. Like, I would love to tour with Story of the Year. I'd love to tour with Discrepancies. I'd love to tour with Foo Fighters. I'd love to tour with, uh, I mean, everyone. everyone. Like, I, I, I mean, <laughs> all of them. I mean, I'd love uh, you know, to do something with Rise Against. I, I mean, I'd love to go out and do uh, stuff with, uh, um, gosh dang it, Blink would be dope. Uh, a Day to Remember would be awesome. Pierce the Veil would be great. Uh, Sleeper and Sirens would be awesome. Like they're, I mean, and it was. It, I mean, playing was with them awesome. was great. I would love to do that for thirty straight days. You know, yeah, and, I hear that. And, and, and touring to me is is so much more connected uh, when when it comes to bands. Like you get to know those people, and right. and that's what I want to do. I want to get to know the people that are in some of my favorite bands. I want to get to know people that are in bands that I'd never really heard of before. I want to. I want to create some sort of connection not for any other reason other than I mean as a human being it's like man I want to know what what these people are, are really like into like what they do after a show to decompress whether it's video games or you know having a couple Jack and Cokes or you know eating pizza 
You listed all Sleep. three of my after show things. I, because I know all those things about you. Uh, but I mean, that's that's the exciting part about it. So I mean, really, that question for me is, I mean, who who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who wouldn't? I? Well, like. Uh, with the with that new controversy with uh, bad omens and the census belt thing, right. I was I was being a jackass and I posted the flyer and covered up bad omens name and put inner outlines real small there. I was like, we'd fucking play. I don't care how big our logo is. Don't put us on the flyer. We'll still come. Like, and and it's not like I listen to census fail on a regular basis. So, but I'd still love to tour with them. I'd love to understand who they are as human beings. Yeah. How would how would you answer the question like in relative terms? Like, you know, we're at that point where like the next step really is getting a vehicle to do some runs. So like maybe the near future. I would love to do a run with Mock Love. I really like those guys' music. Yeah. And guys and girl. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't want to call her a guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, you know, she goes to school in uh, Boston and stuff like that. So I know they're always doing something but like if we ever get the chance to do like a weekend run with mock love that's my first pick for yeah. sure right. and i mean when i when i look at tour i don't i don't necessarily think about like the weekend runs or anything like that like i look at it and go man like okay here's a 30-day tour right who would i love to be on the road with first discrepancies yes i love those guys you know i mean me and garrett over the course of the time that I've known him, I've had some of the best conversations uh, when it comes to the the business side and understanding, you know, how some of the inner workings uh, of the industry go, and and being able to ask him questions and us, you know, talking back and forth about gear. Uh, I love sitting down and talking with ATG. You know, I mean, the guy's got a, a, an incredible outlook on life. Addison, I'll sit right next to him because he'll make me look pretty. Uh, <laughs> so I mean and uh, you know and I've, I mean now I know Zach Allard's with them now and I mean we've we've been in passing and we've known each other for a little while and I mean I would love to be able to get to know him the same way that I was able to get to know all the rest of the guys you know and, and you know shout out to Steve DeClue like I've got to have a couple yeah. of really good uh, oh, yeah, nothing but really good conversations with him as well like, so yeah, and that's in that sense, it's just a matter of time right. before we go out with them. Right. They gotta they gotta earn me first. They gotta, <laughs> they gotta take me out. You know? Show me a good time. Yeah. <laughs> take them to McDonald's and get him, get him some nuggets. He'll be fine. Uh, also, I also write in. Um, would you guys ever make an acoustic record? Yes. Uh, I mean, we've talked about we've talked about doing stuff like that, and I think that uh, something that's on the table at this point is uh, looking at maybe doing an acoustic EP, mm-hmm. uh, and an all acoustic right. record would be dope. Uh, I think that uh, something like a full acoustic record will will be something that we can see foreseeably in the future uh, when we finally get to that point where we've written the absolute best record we're ever going to write it. Uh, you know, I, I've said, I said it uh, in a previous interview that uh, this record that we're getting ready to release is absolutely our best work to date. But I still believe that we as a group haven't written that record that is the top of our potential. Uh, and that may be me being optimistic, uh, but I, I mean... I'm in this band because I believe in the people that sure. are surrounding me, and I think that I, I mean, 
no matter how good the record this record is or how good it does, I still want to see us continue to progress and, and continue to move forward and, and write some very iconic records like Wasting Light by the Foo Fighters or, you know, I mean, we could name bands for the next half hour that <laughs> right. have written records. That, and, and that is a very, very, very high bar for bands to to want to reach for but if you don't set a bar that high then it's almost complacent yeah and I don't, I don't like being complacent I don't like feeling feeling comfortable with what we've got I always want to I always want to urge for more because otherwise it feels like you're in essence dying and I, I mean that's probably my biggest fear yeah is the things in my life falling apart to the point where they're no more whether it's you know physical life or a band or you know a relationship any of those things understandable yeah i'd say like i'm not against an acoustic record but in the same sense i think that an acoustic ep would more or less be more like an acoustic reimagining so like giving other songs a new or like old songs a new twist or bringing old songs back from the grave and you know, we've written an acoustic song here and there, right. but uh, I think it those take a little more time. Just because it is so raw, you have to make sure that like everything you want about that song is exactly how you want it, how you're gonna play it. Just because with uh, you know electric and digital and stuff, you can edit, you can do whatever you need to, but like when you play that stuff out live, you know, live acoustic and stuff. That is really the hardest part for musicians, I yeah. feel. Especially for myself, because I'm kind of loud. And it's, it's hard to tone it down sometimes. But, like, I also like to tone it down, which it will be shown in the saxophone song. <laughs> and, and, uh, like, definitely, yeah, I think. Well, I think, what like, was, reimagined. Then that's, that's sort of what uh, Story of the Year did with that uh, yeah. ten, 10 years uh, record they did or whatever. The, right. Whatever they. Um, what is it? I think it was, wasn't it 10 years uh, anniversary or whatever of uh, Page Avenue? Yes. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, they re-released it as an, an yeah. acoustic. They shot, some, they shot some video for that, too, of them a little playing, bit. playing in that like uh, that loft apartment or whatever, that building on them, because that video looked really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, it, was, it was fun. To, like You'd heard Page Avenue Electric. You know, we've heard that record uh, you know, 100,000 times, whatever. <laughs> uh, but then to hear it, uh, reimagine like you're saying acoustic and hearing some of these different arrangements on the songs was it was fun take on it so yeah it'd be fun to do something like that which, for sure which we did that on the first record with uh, Another Lover's Night Alone we mm-hmm. had the, the full out like boss to the wall rock yeah. version and then uh, this stupid little like slap style guitar thing that I was messing around <laughs> with one night whenever I was uh, inebriated and, yeah. uh, worked out. It, it worked out it worked out worked out yeah and, I mean uh, that that I mean, the, the acoustic version has more streams than the uh, electric version. Does it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They might want an acoustic EP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm down for all of it. I, I'm just saying that we're not going to stop writing sure. electric records. <laughs> like, yeah. the, I mean, that's that's really, oh, no, that's no. that's the energy that's, that's the inside of this group. You know, <laughs> that's why we do so much electric stuff is because I mean, we have an energy that is just throttle down let's fucking go right so if there's a straight up answer like acoustic something eh maybe you know? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I do, I do feel like, especially with uh, with Matt's lyrics and stuff, I think that there's those those messages would come across very nicely over an acoustic right. set. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so because. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm a big fan of songwriting, and sometimes it can kind of get diluted in some of the rock stuff. I mean, because people are I can pay- feel that people are paying attention to those banging drums and those uh, loud guitar riffs and everything, and just jamming and having a good time. But you can strip, you can kind of take all that away and kind of put, you know, minimalize it a little bit, and you can kind of focus in on exactly what those lyrics are saying. Like, I think it would be really a powerful thing to. to you you got to have some good lyrics too, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Which I mean, I I think that uh, as far as acoustic goes, it's always been a focus for this band. Mm-hmm. I mean, we played uh, our very first headlining show that we ever played was at Pops as a, an acoustic yeah. act. Uh, and now, granted, we didn't devote a lot of time to the practice sessions of it. Most of, most of that, like we worked out backstage and we're like, okay, we're gonna just yeah. wing it. Uh, and and some of those songs, you know, turned out really well, and some of them were just like, ah, oh, well, that was a little weird. Uh, but um, we did uh, we did Freddie's uh, dad's memorial show, oh, yeah. not this year, but last year, and we did that all acoustic with a drum set uh, as well, and you know there was still some of that angst kind of brought to that style setting. Sure. Uh, and I mean, even whenever we were working with Freddie, uh, we did the Our Generation Acoustic in the Garage. And that song definitely took a different uh, different shape as an acoustic song versus the full rock. And, and I actually prefer the acoustic version of it. Um, yeah. It's just, there's just something about the, what Matt did in that vocal, you know, raw in the, in the garage. That was it's so dope. Yeah, it's so dope. You know, and, and you can see me in the video just fucking trying to hammer as hard as I could on that guitar. <laughs> like, I was just, like, I was just trying to play it so as good as I possibly could, but still be a rock guy with an acoustic guitar. And, and Matt's over there fucking nailing these runs. You know, it's just like that is that is what this I never did about. take track. <laughs> <laughs> I got an F in track. Yeah, I got an F in art in kindergarten. So I, I hate coloring. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, I love all that. Like, especially like those MTV Unplugged sets and stuff. Right. Like, I like you know just. Those always been a big part of my life. Um, Pearl jams. Yeah. The the Pearl, the, Pearl yeah. jams unplugged. The Alice in Chains like is still like. Yeah, I watch very high for me. Like, I mean, that's such a great set, and like, and again, like you said, you it's something kind of unexpected. I mean, you you know, just a little different than what they always did, and like, and uh, especially hearing uh, Lane's vocals on some of that stuff yeah. is like it's really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's incredible. Uh, you know that uh, that Allison Chains one. I remember I was I was seven, I think, or eight. And when I was growing up, I had really, really bad asthma. Like, just like I mean, I constantly had an inhaler and a nebulizer on the ready. Well, one time I uh, was working out, uh, you know, dicking around on a farm uh, that my family owned, and I got into some like bean dust was kicked up, and I ended up having to go to the hospital. And I was there for seven days, and every day at two thirty, that would come on MTV, and I would just sit there, and I was just. You know, it, it made everything better. I didn't remember that I was inside of a hospital hooked up to an IV or anything like that at seven years old. And it's just like, you know, I started looking back on my life and where music kind of fell into all of those things. And, uh, you know, now, you know, at my age now, I'm looking back going, man, you know, rock and roll, 
fucking got me through a lot of the difficult stuff that I went through. And, you know, sure. then when I went home from the hospital that day, we were living in a brand new house that I had no idea. So it's like, <laughs> it like my, you know, my life was literally changing while I was sitting there in that hospital bed. Uh, and Alice in Chains was the the uh, soundtrack for that. Which Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy that fast forward... And now you now you get to do that for somebody else, right? Like, Hopefully, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, hey. I I don't hope that uh, I I don't want anybody to end up in a hospital bed. And, no, but uh, and, and anything like that. But I mean, if that's if that's where they're at and that's where the sure. music reaches them, I I hope that there's nothing but a positive impact. And I think that I mean that's all our outlook on it. We just want to help people continue to be here, be right. present, and, and working towards something that they absolutely love. And if we can, if our music can motivate that, then fucking it's yeah, a gift man. from god right there like yeah man well uh again head over to innerroutlines.com pre-order your uh perspective album today and get your ticket to come out to the party on december 15th over at pop sage illinois uh you can visit popsrocks.com also for details we got uh inner outlines apollo's daughter tri-state skag birds good times and company and the many colored death from columbia missouri so yes, uh, they're bringing a party bus oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, they bring the party wherever they go exactly yeah. They, uh, all they gotta do is show up yeah. with their instruments and they're bringing a freaking party sure. they, they, they're they're one of my favorite uh new age rock bands well they they're they're great on stage but off stage they're are some of the best people you ever meet. So yeah. like they're. Uh, I really like it whenever we play with them, and our merch tables are right next to each other, yeah. so I can sit there and talk to Brent about yeah. guitars the whole time. And then when we start talking about life, and I mean, the guy's got an, an incredibly uh, diverse mind about yeah. you know everything, and then uh, you know watching Preston play bass is dope for sure. For sure. I'm excited for Apollo's daughter. I haven't heard any yeah. of their new stuff live yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, and and. You know, I'm excited to give Corey a really nice hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Do- uh, docking coming soon. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> he wanted to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and get involved with Inner Outlines on your uh, social, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, guys. Insta face chat. Yeah, all yeah. those. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this. And uh, thanks to uh, Luca, special guest appearances. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Doug. And, and, and Cheyenne's grandma. Yeah. And all the people that are in and out of my <laughs> life. Rain, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. And we appreciate just, you. Yeah, yeah, just a day in the life of over here, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we appreciate you, you know, taking the time out of your Saturday to come up here and uh, spend some time with us. And yeah, man. Will, will we catch you on the 15th? Uh, yeah, it's on the calendar. For I'll be. Uh, I'm gonna try to uh, do everything I can to be there, man. Hear that? Yeah. Come to yeah. come to Pops on the 15th. You get to meet Shane Presley hey, oh, of Rock Paper Podcast. Exclusive, <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't even cost you any more money. All right, <laughs> like five bucks for that ticket. Free high fives uh, all night. Damn skippy. They're the best high fives in the industry, I'll tell you that. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Later. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock, Rock Paper, paper Podcast. Rock, well, paper, yeah, scissors. that was it.